For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Beautiful South Pasadena, California. This is the Blue Heaven Podcast. What is going on, Dodgers Nation? My name is Clint. You can find me as Real FRG on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, you can, guys. My name is Brooke. You can find me at BrookeMe3 on Twitter and Instagram. On today's show, a lot of really good things going on. First of all, I think you called it Fly the L, Cubbies. Fly the L, Cubbies. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> we get to celebrate the Cubs win after uh, well after being no hit. We'll take that series win though. Well, I'll tell you again, you 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 predicted, uh, you you nailed it, knocked it out of the park. We also got a friend of the show. Hey, this is this is wild times, guys. It's almost like real life is back again. We got a real life human person that isn't me, him, or Gary here in the studio. Yes, you're a Dodgers play by play man. Tim Neverett is in the studio, and we're going to bring him up in a moment. But he's watching you all right now. I promise. Uh, we're going to be talking about his new book coming up in. Uh, it drops at the end of August, but it's something you're definitely going to want to go out and pre-order now. Uh, it's COVID curveball. It's an inside view of the 2020 Los Angeles Dodgers World Championship season. He even brought. A ring in here, which is pretty cool. Uh, and also, we got to talk a little bit about uh, the fight for first place. The Dodgers are playing the Giants for two at Dodger Stadium, and that's going to be a fun one because it is. Uh, there's some real marquee matchups going on there. But before we get into all of that, we got to remind you we have podcasts. So if you can uh, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart. Uh, Google Podcast, Pandora, and all those spots. So we'd appreciate it if you go there, leave us a nice rating, leave us a nice review. Uh, we'll be happy you did. And also, please do subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash TV. We'll be glad you did. I like how you just go into autopilot mode. You just know all the right things to say. You Sometimes know your lines, you know the lyrics. Company lines, guys. Don't forget, this is a live stream. We are here in the flesh. Tim will be here with us. We will bring him on, but we want to jump into the comments. We want to connect with you guys again. Happy Monday to you all over on uh, Periscope. Anthony says, yo, happy Monday, my dudes. Anthony in pretty much every single show. Tina also in every single show over on Facebook says, hello, Dodgers Nation. Uh, Swag Daddy McGee over on uh, the Twitch says, my body's ready for a 7-inning 12K outing from Bauer. I will take that against the Giants for sure. Jumbo Jack outing right there. Jumbo Jack outing, yeah, very special. Uh We got Richard Eagles in the stream on Facebook. What's up, gentlemen? What's going on? Look at that. Gary's in the stream. Says, damn, the new camera looks good. Yes. Yes, it does. I set it up that way. And also, guys, if you do have any questions for Tim, please do start dropping them now. We're going to get to as many, if not all, of the questions y'all have about uh, the book, about the Dodgers, about the 2020 season, about uh, you know Tim's preferred shoes or beer. You know, we we'll we'll take it all. We're here to have some fun. It's a it's a happy Monday here, or teeny 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 tiny Friday. 
<laughs> Itty bitty Friday. Yeah, yeah. We're big big fans of the uh, Kona Bruin fellas over there. Roach is tuning in from somewhere. Sergio's uh, tuning in from Brawley, California. Says, let's go, Dodgers. We got uh, 13 more days until Alexander's at a ball game. That's pretty cool. It's a good timeline. Yeah. Uh, that, Justin over on Periscope says, hopefully Bauer is in the green today. I like how fans are able to catch on to like one little thing that somebody said at some yeah. point and just run with it for the rest of the season. I like that a lot. Uh, it's Thumper over on YouTube says, so excited for tomorrow. I think she is going to, is there a giveaway tomorrow? Is it? Is it the, uh, oh, it's the, what's it called? The Muncie. Uh, there you go. Go get, it out of the, yep. go get him out of the warehouse. Oh, uh, big giveaway day. I really like that the bobbleheads are back, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I miss bobbleheads. I didn't realize how much I missed bobbleheads. All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, start diving into a little bit about what happened. The Dodgers did good. They uh, won. Well, they were doing really, really bad, and then they decided to do good. And that's my analysis back to you in studio. Yeah, I think you really nailed that. <laughs> uh, I think at the beginning of the series, they're coming off a series sweep in San Diego. It was really flat. Uh, like we said, really flat, embarrassing ball. They weren't there. They weren't all locked right. in. Then they decided to start hitting, decided to start doing more better, as the kids say. Um <laughs> Good series overall for the boys in blue. It was a much needed series to to come away with three or four against the uh, against the not so hated Chicago Cubs. Good to see our boy Jock Peterson home wearing a different shade of blue. Uh, I was at the game on Sunday and it was nice to see you know Jock walk off the field and and uh, get a nice ovation from the fans. They're cheering for him. It's great to see what he hates to be called vintage Kirsch, but we saw vintage Kirsch on Sunday. He was just straight dealing and Cody's heating up. So all the things that you would hope to see as a Dodger fan are going well. The guys are getting a little bit healthier. We might see, you know, Corey back in the next couple of weeks. Um, things are doing well. Yeah, it's good. I think, uh, I do really like calling him vintage Kershaw, even if he doesn't like that, because it is just a reminder of like how good that he actually is, even though we might not necessarily see him in that light all the time. Um, but man, he looked good. He looked real good. Mm-hmm. I like a I, pro tip. I like when the Dodgers are a little bit better than bad. I prefer that. Yeah. yeah Personally yeah. speaking, I prefer when the Dodgers Slightly are Slightly above average is yeah. what we look for, and that's why we hired Brooke. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be here all uh, this month. Digging into the comments a little bit here. We got some more. We got Gary saying, boo the Giants. I think Gary wanted to be here. Gary, did you want me to invite you? We, have an, we had another chair. I could have, you know like tape the camera to the table for you he's hurt (laughs) robert is hoping the bats stay alive and jb asked if uh lux should be cross-trained in the outfield i don't think they're there with him yet i think they want him to stay in the infield and i think as we've mentioned before we've learned a lot about uh that future at shortstop uh should Corey seager happen to walk if he ever comes back and gets healthy but that's a whole different deal In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. All right, we don't want to. We don't want to be awkward and, and make our our lovely guest wait and just stare at us and. Stare at the wall. It's it's it's, it's real bad. We we are bad people. We threw him in a corner, and um, I blame Brooke mostly for that. But yeah, guys, uh, August thirty first, the book drops. COVID curveball. It's an inside view of the twenty twenty Los Angeles Dodgers World Championship. Uh, you guys know the voice. It's a real pro voice. So this is what it's going to be like if we were actually sounding professional. This is what it would sound like. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Mister Tim Neverett. 
Play-by-play man for your world champion, Los Angeles Dodgers. Tim, thanks for stopping by. Guys, great to have me. Good thing you're so close to Dodger Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the good only thing. way. We had to lure him yeah. over here. <laughs> no, it's nice. You guys have a good setup here. I, I didn't know if I was going into Wayne Campbell's basement in Aurora, <laughs> Illinois, or, or where I was headed, but this is my first time here, and it's actually really nice. So We, we, we try. We try a little bit, and you know this uh, usually gives people a, a false sense of security and then we offer them the, the you know the beer and then things get a little wonky but he smartly took the water that's another <laughs> professional move right there but book how does one decide to write a book <laughs> it's a bold move <laughs> it, it is and you know last year when we were shut down uh in spring training in mm-hmm. march and then we were sent home uh literally in the middle of the woods with my wife and dog and we're we're marching around hiking the dog around in the woods i had no idea what we were going to face as a season would it be 60 games would it be 100 games would we play at all and if we did what would it be like obviously it was going to be different than any other season ever which it was yep and so uh, i just said to my wife i said you know here's kind of an out of the box idea what if i uh, just kind of chronicled what happened every day we got a pretty good team uh we might have a chance to uh, win one of these, uh, maybe win a World Series. And, and <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. I mean, let's. she said, yeah, you should definitely do it. Just chronicle it. Just journal it. And so each day in real time, uh, I started writing. So before I got back to L.A., when summer camp uh, recon- or convened, I guess, mm-hmm. and uh, the team reconvened, uh, I just kind of caught up with what happened uh, when I went to spring training, the day it shut down, where I was, how it happened, because I actually wasn't in Arizona the day it shut down. Uh. I was actually in Las Vegas at the Pac-12 basketball tournament. Oh, <laughs> I had three days off, and my son, uh, my sons live up in Vegas, so I drove up there, and uh, a good buddy of mine who's a booster for the University of Colorado, so we had courtside seats, and uh, we were at the last game that had fans. And during the day, everything was shutting down. So I, I talk about that. I caught up on that. And then, you know, there was a, a number of things that happened leading up to coming back to uh, summer camp. And then uh, why guys weren't there, who was there, who was on time, who was mm-hmm. late, you know, about the David Price opt out, about, uh, you know, what what happened. And it, the whole thing was just the bizarro twilight zone world of baseball. <laughs> and seeing it from the inside uh, was just completely different than anybody just watching it on TV. Yeah, it was. I mean, I was somebody who was at uh, Camelback. I was there as a fan that particular day. But I see, you know, I've told the story a few times where I see all the uh, the ushers and the workers going into the stadium, and then I see, you know, in real time the passing tweets and and the Rosenthal tweets, and I'm like, oh shit, something's about to go bad. This is not going well. And you know, you're there and. and the other side of it where you see the the final game and then the next day it's this you get a tumbleweed you know through the sports world um yeah it was a very awkward time and i mean i could see the inspiration to be like you know what this is uh yeah hope yeah <laughs> once in a lifetime opportunity and, and just the different things that we had to go through just not only to to do baseball games but to get in the stadium right mm-hmm. to broadcast the games to see who had to do what on a daily basis just to be able to play baseball games, never mind win them. Yeah. So, you know, there's so many people who say, well, there well, should be an asterisk or it's a Mickey Mouse ring or whatever. <laughs> That's not this this season. I've been through the wars before. Mm-hmm. OK, I've 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 been there. I've 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 done it. I've gone through the full season. I've been through a World Series season before. 
And I understand that it's difficult because it's time consuming. Mm -hmm. It's uh, all kinds of things happen. You have challenges along the way. But this season, 2020, was the most difficult to pull off. Right. Even though it was shorter, Mm -hmm. it was the most difficult to pull off. And there was just so many things. I mean, there were times when I didn't think we'd get through it, even though the Dodgers didn't have any problems until game six of the World Series. (laughs) And yes, that's included in the in the book as well. So there, there's a lot of different stories behind the scenes that uh, I think a lot of Dodger fans would be interested in, and and say, no way. You know, what do the back of the cardboard cutouts look like? Right. That's yeah. what that's what we looked at every day. Yeah, and that's the other part of it. Every day, every day, it's, every it's, day. You know, they, they didn't put the back of the head. They didn't print out the back of the head on those no. cardboard cutouts. You only, you know, you only saw the front yeah. of maybe the people in the uh, the pavilion. What is that like? Uh, I mean, we've heard some some folks talk a bit about it, but but here we got you here, somebody who lived it. Uh, as as much as they could, just the awkwardness of playing. I mean, even in the summer camp games, you know, I, I know John Hartung was calling a lot of those games, but still, just the the cavernous, you know, <laughs> yeah. empty echo of Dodger Stadium and yeah. watching grown ass men play baseball. It, it, it a was peculiar. You know, first and foremost, I give the players a ton of credit. Yeah. Because once they got between the lines, they mm-hmm. played baseball and they yes. played at a major league level and they played hard even though the crowd noise was pumped in, even though the fans arrived early and stayed late, <laughs> which yeah. is unusual at Dodger Stadium sometimes. <laughs> they never right? left. They never left. They stayed overnight. They were dedicated. Uh, some days they were a little flat. But yep. uh, other than that, they were they were right there all the time. Uh, it was just so odd being there, and uh, especially on the radio side, because I'm the one guy who goes back and forth between TV and radio. Mm-hmm. But on the radio side... With the headphones on and the crowd noise pumped in, and the Dodgers did an unbelievable yes, job absolutely. at the crowd noise. Better than, I think, any other team. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because if you listen closely, you could hear the Let's Go Dodgers chants and, yep. the, and the customized chants in, in there. And it was, it was actually wonderful. But you, you could actually fool yourself with headphones on, watching the game, mm-hmm. into thinking that, there's something real going on down there, like yeah. like it was mm-hmm. 2019 or something. Uh, and then, of course, the inning, the third out would happen, the inning would break, and then you'd get back to reality again. <laughs> you'd get kicked right back to that. Yep. But, um, you know, we had a situation, I mean, you know, Charlie Steiner's doing the radio games from yes. his house, yeah. where Rick Monday is in, the, in one of the luxury suites. I'm in the luxury suite with Rick, and then the nights Charlie didn't do radio, I did it. Mm-hmm. And then the nights Joe didn't do TV, I did it. Yeah. Uh, TV was different. It was more normal because we were in the in the TV booth, and uh, Oral and I were sitting approximately five feet eleven inches apart, <laughs> socially distanced. Yep. Yeah, uh, maybe five ten, maybe. Yep. Yeah, but uh, close enough. Anyway, six feet on Tinder. Yes, yeah, 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 <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. So <laughs> I hadn't heard that. That's funny. That's good. Yeah. I wish I had thought of that. Anyway. Um, but I think that uh, there, there were just so many bizarre things, like when Houston came to town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the extra security that was needed for the Astros. And I there were things that I had never seen during the regular season. Mm-hmm. And this was with no fans in the building. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No fans. And they're getting a police escort from the hotel for just a regular game. I've never experienced that. And I was with the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry in New York, yeah. okay, where it gets kind of nasty. We're pretty nasty. Right. We never had a police escort to the ballpark on a regular basis, and all three or four of their buses that would leave the hotel at different times from downtown would have police escorts into Dodger Stadium. Um, I've never seen that before. I imagine I will see it again in August. Right. But, oh, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe tenfold. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> 
But, uh, you know, th- just a lot of different things that you wouldn't normally see during a regular season uh, we experienced. And uh, I share a lot of that. I share a lot of the baseball stories I've had along the way that are somewhat relevant. Uh, you know, you learn some things about, uh, uh, you know, something that Mookie Betts did for me that was a little thing that Mookie's done a hundred times for people, never thinks about it. Uh, but it turned out to be a big thing for something that happened in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's just a, he's a wonderful guy. You, you'll hear that. You'll read that story. Uh, and it might make you like Mookie even more. <laughs> even if he goes one for four instead of three for four, right. you're, you're still you're going to like him even more. There yeah, he's go. a likable fella uh, either way. Yeah, something that, you know, <laughs> former Dodger infielder Alex Cora did for my family, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like that. It just, just some other baseball-related stories, uh, you know, as to – uh, I mean, off the top of my head, you know, why do they play the last game of the season at the same time, right. regardless of time zone? Yep. Well, I was involved in that when it occurred to Major League Baseball to do that, and I explained the whole story mm-hmm. as to why they do it. Um, so there's just a lot of different baseball stories, some different personal stories, but mostly it's a day-to-day chronicle of every single game. Uh, because it's a 60-game season. Yeah. If it was 162 games, you know, that'd be, you know. Might take a series off. Yeah, that'd be a, yeah, probably would. But we, we can do things. And then all the, you know, the strange things that had happened and uh, a lot of quotes uh, from players and Dave Roberts and so on and so forth. But I, I think it's a great look back and it's a, it, it, oh, and one thing I have to mention too is the forward. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Oral Hershiser does the forward. And Oral did such a good job that the, the editor at the publishing company calls me one day and he goes, I've never read as in-depth a forward as this. Hmm. Oral did an amazing, amazing job. The first words in the book are, are mm-hmm. quote from Vin Scully as it's the call, a little spoiler alert for you, but it's the call <laughs> of uh, setting up the last out of the 1988 World Series. Wow. And then Oral takes over, uh-huh. takes you into his brain. Because there was a moment there where he stepped off the rubber before he threw the last pitch, and he took it all in. Mm -hmm. And he tells us what happened. And he takes us through that to having to film the Disney commercial (laughs) in chaos and how they negotiated that, actually, the night before, Uh right? Um, Takes you and really does a wonderful job bridging 1988 to 2020, how he relates to Julio Urias because they each got the last out mm-hmm. of a World Series, yes. but talks about Kershaw and talks about Seeger being the MVP and how that'll change his life, and uh, you know talks about Betts and Bellinger, and um, it's a really really wonderful forward uh, that Oral did, and uh, I thank him so much for for doing that. But when I told him about the project, he embraced it a hundred percent, and and so he's he's very very excited and. Uh, for the thing to hit and for people to read it. And I am too. I'm excited for people because that's the first thing in the book. Yeah. Yeah. You know, then I, th- then I joke and say, oh, it's all downhill from there. But <laughs> at the same time, it gives you a chance uh, because this is my third year with the Dodgers, not my third year in major league baseball. I've been around major league baseball a long time, but the Dodger fans don't know me as well as they know the other broadcasters, but yeah. it gives you a chance to get to know me a little better too. Yeah. I think that's one reason why when we were talking about it, we just love the concept of just of the idea of the book because 
all year. You know, the Dodgers did, for their part, they did a really good job of being able to bring fans in the best way that they could. Yeah. You know, they did the Zoom parties uh, as best they could. Yeah. They did the uh, behind-the-scenes type of action as best they could. But fans were just at home, and they were just thirsting so much just for something to be able to connect to the Dodgers, just something to make it feel like, hey, just make it feel a little bit normal yeah. for me rather than where I am. But I know when we were talking to Joe in the in the middle of last season, he mm-hmm. was like, you know, calling stuff off of monitors it's like it's hard to evoke that kind of emotion it's hard to you know feel that excited when you're just watching it off of a tv so i guess my question is what was your biggest struggle throughout that whole process it continues (laughs) calling it off monitors (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's not uh, it's not ideal to call games off monitors i love calling the home games i can't wait uh i'll I'm back uh, doing the telecast during the Washington series. Unfortunately, they're on the road, and I'll be calling them off monitors <laughs> at Dodger Stadium. But um, It's for, a good commute, at least. It is. Yeah, for, yeah. for example, in, in Arizona, the last TV series I did, uh, I think it was the Sunday in Arizona, it was a ground ball hit to Pujols at first base. Never saw it. Yeah. Never saw yep. it. Uh, and I think in the first game, Beatty hit one off the center field wall, and it took a weird bounce. And because it never came down, and it, it hit right just below the yellow line and mm-hmm. bounced up and i saw a fan reaching for it i thought it was on the line and out because we're not only 600 feet away as we would be at the ballpark we're like a thousand miles away and it's hard to see it in real time and you know for any mistakes we make i apologize yeah. in advance and 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 for past mistakes but we can't see everything and it's not an excuse it's just a fact and the one thing that Joe is exactly right on is you can't be uh, that sure on a home run ball. Right. Because think about it for a second. When you're watching it on TV, swing, contact to the ball, do you see the ball? Right. You don't see the ball <laughs> right. until a split second when it comes out of the sky, if it's a ball in the air. Yeah. It's right. a ground ball, you can see it. But uh, for a home run ball, you just don't have the intensity because you can't see the trajectory. Now, at home, it's a different story. Right. But on the road, we have to wait until, you know, whenever it is we we ever get back uh, to the games in person to be able to tell you the whole story. And Mm -hmm. kind of the way I look at it is, you know, if you're a news reporter and you're reporting on a fire, are you reporting (laughs) on it from the other station's TV feed? Yeah. (laughs) You know, you can't get the details. You really can't. And And I would imagine, uh, I mean, the Diamondbacks, bless their heart, they do things a little bit different there. Not always the most uh, big league. So I'm imagining you get one camera that's just kind of pointing down on the dirt and whatever it may be. But um, again, I'll kind of piggyback off of uh, what what Brooke was saying here. I mean, we, we... we're thankful for what you guys were able to do in such an awkward situation. Obviously, you can't punch every call the way you could. You know, not every. I mean, we had the home run, the walk off jock hit a couple of years ago where he it was barely gone, but he's you know he, he's pimping right. it like it yeah. was thirty yeah. rows up. <laughs> sure, sometimes you could read the player or what it is, but or whatever it may be, but. You know, between listening to you, listening to Joe, you know, any of Oral's stories, Nomar's stories, I mean, everybody did a, a phenomenal job in such an awkward situation where, you know, you're really just doing it on the fly. It, it's such a, a peculiar, I mean, we've said it's a, it's a weird year, it's a strange year, and you guys knocked it out of the park, and again, with, with the, the crowd noise you know, you're listening on radio. You really you couldn't tell that it wasn't a regular game, and maybe there's a hair, there's a fraction well, of delay in the uh, in the the, the fake the, the pumped in crowd noise. But yeah, I mean, you get it, it. It's a human element to it. Yeah, and there's some. There, speaking of delays, there's an explanation in the book <laughs> as to as to another reason there were delays. 
But I want to give uh, Dwayne McDonald, a radio producer, mm-hmm. uh, a ton of credit because he made it sound as seamless as possible. Mm-hmm. But if you're with him in the booth, <laughs> some nights... <laughs> it's a nightmare, huh? even Even this year, I mean, we didn't have... It was a particular game. In fact, I was at the stadium just before I came here. I was talking to Rick one day, and we were talking about the game that uh, we were talking. Well, Dwayne was with us, and we were reminded about a game earlier where he didn't get the the crowd noise until thirty seconds before we went on the air. <laughs> there was another game in I think San Diego where they lost the crowd noise for two minutes. <laughs> uh, we had another one where we it, the crowd noise kept coming in and out, and uh, it didn't matter if it was synced up or not. But you know, these are the challenges that we're dealing with that we wouldn't have had we you know, if we're at the ballpark, but that's, you know, it's going to happen. We're taking baby steps, getting back to, uh, back to where things should be on a normal basis. But I do think when you listen to some of the radio games last year, uh, it gave you a sense that, okay, this sounds kind of like it's supposed to, right? Even though if you knew what it take to, what it took to put it together, you'd be absolutely amazed. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just so wild how much went into it and how much was just like, hey, we're just learning on the fly. Like yeah. this is this is all new to all of us. Like yeah. no one has ever been through this well, before. It's an orchestra and it takes uh, a, a few incredible maestros to make it happen. Yeah. It, well, in the book we've got some I've, I've got some great photos too of hmm. Where we broadcast from, what it looked like, uh, some different things like that. Those are the guys we need. We need that. We need a big one up here, signed by the whole broadcast team. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's here's our dungeon. It's interesting. I think people like it, and I want Charlie's um, broadcast booth too, which I think was just a, a lazy boy lounger in his uh, yeah, living room. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, don't, I don't know what. Uh, yeah, I, I, he had a lot of monitors and a lot of equipment. They actually had to add equipment late in the season mm-hmm. to make it more um, so the internet wouldn't lag in terms of sound effects. Right. Uh, you know, it was a, it was really a monster undertaking just to get the games on the air. But the, but the whole book is not about just the broadcast. Yeah, obviously. It, it's about what it took the to get... The team won a game. game they uh, won, won a World they Series. They won more than a game. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I say that the thing that was the most 2020 was that you had a pitcher in Blake Snell in Game 6 who was shutting down the Dodgers, and due to analytics, he didn't last as long in the game as a guy playing third base who had tested positive for COVID-19. Right, right. That yeah. was, to me, the most 2020 thing about baseball. <laughs> and what would have happened had we had to have a game seven? Oh, yeah. man. Oh. When would that have been if we would have had it at all? Right. Would we have had co-champions? I mean, would they have had to do I don't even want to think about yeah, it, yeah. but uh, they probably would have delayed it for quite some time or maybe said, you know, uncle, that's enough. Yeah. Yep. I'm frightened to have imagined what Rob Manford would have done in that situation. Look, I, I think about it from time to time. I try not to let it th- creep into my mind too yeah. much. It makes me a little nervous, a little scared. But ultimately, yeah. you know, we won. You know, we got to walk away with it. Good experience for us. Yeah. I think a good opportunity this year again, too. I, I like the fact that we're back to 162 games. Mm-hmm. And every every game doesn't count for uh, three point how many games? Yeah. 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 You know, so, I'm uh, bad at math. So yeah, one game you. counts for one game. And we've got a long way to go, more than halfway. So lots can happen between now and the end of September, I think. So I'm looking forward to the second half as much as anybody else's. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. 
Bring them home. In terms of uh, play and moments, uh, you 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 know we're we're privileged to to call last year. What really stood out, uh, either you know pandemic wise or or really just like this is an incredible play, an incredible moment in a series of moments that leads to a World Series. What stood out with you most about the uh, twenty twenty championship Dodgers? There were so many great plays. I think of the in the postseason. Against San Diego, the catch that Bellinger made off Tatis. Yeah, ah, I love phenomenal. that one. I like the one in the Braves series uh, that Mookie made. Um, who did he rob? Freeman. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Lo- I love that one. Uh, there just there were a lot of them. I just uh, they came to play, and you look at the regular season. I'm trying to think offhand of I mean all the good stuff's really documented in the book and. Uh, I'm actually going to be reading the book again later next month. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's there's an answer for some folks. We yeah. saw one comment on uh, on Twitter earlier asking if it's going to be an audio book, and I guess this is it will this be. is an exclusive. It yeah. will be. Yes, uh, <laughs> we actually got that all finished up this afternoon. Uh, as a matter of fact, <laughs> and uh, late in July, I'll be um, spending several days in a studio in Burbank uh, doing the audio book. And I don't know when it'll come out yet. I don't have mm-hmm. that answer yet, but uh, there will be an audio book. And, you know, now it's it's available now uh, in hardcover on uh, uh, for pre-order on Amazon. It's the best place to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Kindle. You can order a Kindle version. All right. Uh. Um, and a full six weeks before the book will be out, we're going to be in Denver at the All-Star Game. Uh, we've got two events on the 12th and 13th. From one to six in the afternoon at Blake Street Tavern, which is Denver's biggest and best sports bar, it's a a block from Coors Field. We're going to do uh, uh, meet and greet. There's uh, radio shows that'll be going on uh, around us, and uh, anybody going to the the home run derby or the All Star game will be there. We'll we'll have uh, a limited number of hard copies available there. So if you're headed to Denver for the All Star game, I wish we could stay. <laughs> for the Dodgers series after that, but I got to come back here and call it from Dodger Stadium. Right. But if we were going to stay there, we would do a Dodger event. We might do another one in September for any Dodger fans that travel yeah. for that series. If anybody's going, we might do another one uh, just for Dodger fans. And so. and stay tuned to our social media. We're hoping to figure out something where we can kind of maybe host a, a live party and have it also you know include the book include you well i'd hope you'd be there <laughs> i can't read the book as well yeah. as you well no right. if we did if we did something and we'll figure out the details but if we did something for all your followers uh we found a place to go do it i would definitely do it hang out and talk mm-hmm. dodger baseball and sign books and yeah we'd make some available for people to pick them up there if they didn't have any and uh, if they didn't pre-order them, but I, you know, go ahead and pre-order because the way the publishing business works, I understand, is yeah. that they will do a certain number in the first edition, right? Mm-hmm. And we want to make sure that nobody, you know, the Dodger fan, a lot of Dodger fans, oh yeah, who would want to read this, I think, and we don't want to make sure they're shut out of the first edition. Yeah. <laughs> so if you pre-order now, you won't be shut out of the first edition, and then we'll we'll try to work some events, and we will have some events in the LA area where uh, I'll be able to meet people and sign them and. Uh, we're hoping to get uh, a certain number of them signed uh, by the man who did the forward also. All right. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's one thing I mean, I'm looking forward to when I could finally get my paws on the full book. But uh, just, I mean, Bulldog is, is uh, he's a sneaky good wordsmith. That guy. He is. He's great. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, 
you're you're telling the story about uh, you know the publisher and how much they loved it and and the editor and all that and just obviously you how much that means to to get somebody like like Hershiser to to weave the story the way he can from '88 to to 2020. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be I mean that's got to be worth the price of admission alone. And then oh by the way you also get a, a bunch of great stories right. Insider look at twenty twenty. Insider <laughs> look as as best you can from from the booth for yeah, sure. It's it's different. I mean, uh, you know, we had a review. If you want to look it up, uh, the Orange County Register wrote a review on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, J.P. Hoonstra did a review. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to search it online, but it was uh, it was positive, and I was pretty happy with that. And he liked the angle that I took. I didn't try to do it like from inside the clubhouse yeah. when everybody knew we couldn't be in there. <laughs> so it would have been you know. Not that, not the way to do it, but uh, we did it from a different perspective. Uh, it was journaled, and you know, I'll be honest with you. When they were down to the Braves three one, I was kind of nervous about that, uh, and also nervous about the book side of things too. Yeah. I'm like, is this gonna? Anybody going to want to read it if they don't win? Yeah, Moneyball but, doesn't quite have the same punch it could yeah. have. You know, you don't really uh, <laughs> sell a movie off a twenty game, twenty two game, whatever winning streak, and then oh, that's the end. Yeah, but it's it worked. It worked, out, it worked great, yeah. and I, you know everything worked out very, very well. And uh, and I'm glad things are going you know pretty well on the field this year. It's mm-hmm. it's interesting because when you lose a game, like for example, when you lose a game the way they did in Game One against the Cubs, yep, yeah, when they're no hit, well, you have to look at it from our angle. You have to say, okay, well that no hitter just set up the next three wins. Big time. Would, yep. you, would you win three out of four if you were no hit in one game? Oh, yeah. <laughs> every, every every time. Every chance I could, I'm every going that way. Every single time. I, who cares? It's a loss. A loss is a loss. Yeah. Just like a win is a win. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's all about wins and losses at the end of the day. And those guys have completely forgotten about it already. Right. And they came out and they won the next three against a good team. And we'll see what they do tonight. I, I hope they take care of business against the Giants. I have a good feeling about Bauer tonight. Yeah. And I think that he's going to pitch well. I thought Kershaw was incredible yesterday. His slider was nasty. nasty. Don't ever call it a cutter. <laughs> don't ever call it a cutter, and don't say he's vintage. Yeah. Don't call him vintage. Not yeah. a vintage fan. But he does throw a vintage slider. I'll he tell does, you. absolutely. Really good. Did we had a question from Anthony over on Periscope. Where he, we kind of already talked about this beforehand, but he wanted to know when you were going to be traveling with the team again. I guess a better question to that is, what do you miss most about traveling with the team? Well, yeah, the answer to the first question, I don't know. Right. I have no idea. Uh, the second part of it is what I miss most about it is being able to be there, to be able to be on the scene, to be able to report what I see, mm. not just during the game, but a lot of the work is done before the game, on the field, mm-hmm. in the clubhouse, uh, talking to the other broadcasters, talking to the other media members, talking to the other players and coaches that I know from other teams. That's where we get our stories. I and mean, I'll be honest with you, I- I'm running out of recycled stories. Yeah, I would imagine. Okay, <laughs> and I'm I'm ready. I, I sh- I should be able to get back down on the field uh, when they're home next. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to try to get down there tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going to do a studio, by the way. I want to fill in for John Hartung on Sportsnet yep. LA. But we're going to do pregame from Dodger Stadium. So I'll be there early, and I'm going to go down early and oh, actually yep. yeah. go face-to-face with somebody. <laughs> For the first time in a year and a half. Yeah, and that new booth is is really it's wonderful it's there in, in the pavilion. I just yeah. I, I apologize in advance if you're working with Jerry Hairston. He's uh, <laughs> I, I know I you love, have your, I your love run-ins. Jay no, I don't have any. We run-ins. love him. Jerry we love him. but it's experience. Jerry is great. Out. Jerry's great to be around. He's funny. He's yeah. good. He's a good guy. Honestly, one of our favorites. Yeah, that, and I love seriously. working with Nomar, and I love working with Ned and. Um, you know, those guys are just absolutely wonderful to be around. They really are. And uh, we, we get along well. And, 
you know, it was funny last year. It's another thing is I I did some studio. Mm-hmm. We were testing out the set. Yeah, <laughs> we did it from Dodger Stadium. Oh, really? An empty Dodger Stadium. We did it a couple of times. Wow. Uh, I had to fill in for Alana Rizzo. Yeah. Uh, last minute, one time, I got a phone call. Was it two hours before they needed me? Right. Hey, are you doing anything right now? Alana's under the weather, and uh, we need you to come out to the stadium right now. So, uh, yeah, that was another story. But so I, we got out there. I did it from the set out there. Uh, with nobody around, yeah, and it was really cool. And I can't wait till tomorrow when everybody can be around. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be neat. I like the different personalities. Like, there's just such broad different personalities across the whole broadcast crew. I think top mm-hmm. to bottom, even just yeah. top to bottom. But you look at Jay here, you know, combined with Nomar, combined with Ned, combined with someone like you, it's just like so broad and so different. Yeah. I love that there's and, like something and, for everybody across TV, across radio. Again, yep. you, all of you guys. Uh, it's it's a championship team and it's a, a championship broadcast network all around. Uh, like we've said a couple of times, you couldn't have done. Uh, I don't think fans could have really <laughs> hacked even a, a sixty game season if it wasn't done as well as it was done, uh, just top to bottom. And hey, it also helps when your team wins uh, what two more than two thirds of the games along the that way. Helps too. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually a good part. And of it. brings home a ring because I did see uh, a couple of questions like, "What is that ring right there?" So yes, guys, that is the uh, the full championship ring. We'll have the uh, sorry, I can't get a better zoom in the moment, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll post some pictures. We'll have it. some pictures. <laughs> it, it's a uh, it's a heavy boy. It's definitely a heavy boy. <laughs> get the, yeah, get the I'm arm very grateful out. for the Dodgers. They they took great care of us in that regard, and uh, it's just you know, I will say this: I've got a, I've got one from another team. Yeah, mm-hmm. it has not been on my finger as much as this one has. <laughs> <laughs> Dodgers uh, that, played a part in that one too, by the yeah, way. They did. <laughs> I had somebody point out in the chat. It seems that World Series are kind of following you, Tim. It, it's it's <laughs> funny you mention that because uh, it's actually been written up. I've been, there's been writers who have written this story and broadcasters who have talked about this story, but uh, they they have said wherever you go, the teams win. And it's funny. It's a funny coincidence because when I went to Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. they stunk. Yeah. <laughs> okay? The only reason we didn't lose 100 games in 2010 was because we had one rained out that was never made up. <laughs> and we were losing that game. So we lost 99. But um, – then in 13, 14, and 15, there were postseason teams. Yeah, they were and, really good And the good city teams. was turned yep. on its ear. We had more fun. I, have, I, I hear from – I got a, a, a message yesterday on Facebook from somebody. I didn't know saying I want to – you know, you remind me of that season. Those, those three seasons were great. I, I can't, a week doesn't go by where I don't hear from somebody about 13, 14, and 15 in Pittsburgh. So they win. So then um, – so I end up getting uh, offered the job in Boston – I, I was going to stay in Pittsburgh. My parents were very, very ill, and, and we live in New England, grew up in New England. Uh, so I decided to go home and help them and uh, be around there and be around my family and still do Major League Baseball. It was a hard decision because Pittsburgh was so great. Mm-hmm. But I leave Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh automatically goes in last place. I get to Boston. <laughs> they were in last place the year before I got there. Yeah. The three years <laughs> I was there, we win the division all three years and then a World Series. Yep. So I leave there because the Dodgers situation was, hey, it's the Dodgers. Right. Okay? It's the situation where I can get back to doing more what I do, which is radio and TV. So uh, – and work to work around the best professionals in the business. So I uh, was thrilled to get the opportunity here in L.A., came out here, win the division, win the division again in a World Series. <laughs> yeah. It only took two years. Yeah. yeah. So I'm um, hopeful that uh, – 
there's multiple of these in the future, but it's a weird coincidence right. that for the last, let's see, what is it, three, six, seven, eight years, going on nine years, I've been with teams that have gone to the postseason and, and won two World Series. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, baseball... I, will, I won't say baseball front offices are superstitious or baseball players in general, <laughs> yeah. I guess, are superstitious, but you're about to get, a, I think, some competition. I think some teams are going to come calling now. Yeah, now, <laughs> now I will say we love you here. However, I really want to – I have an itch, and I want to test this theory. We need to see about getting you part-time with, like, the Angels. Just see what happens. <laughs> get you really there for, gotta, like, a season really gotta and a half, the theory. and all of a sudden – That doesn't work. No, it's – That doesn't work. <laughs> no, it, it's, that doesn't there's work. something. There's, there, there's, some, uh, there's some good juju right there for sure. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I, I hope that's true, but I will say this on the other side. There's no such thing as a broadcaster's jinx. And I hear that all the time. The other day when Walker Bueller was going well, and it's the sixth inning. That's usually my cutoff. Yep. Yeah. It's my cutoff. They go through five, then into the sixth, I'll start talking about it. And I had the nastiest messages from people that it was my fault, my yep. fault entirely. Yep. You can't even hint at it. You can't say no, anything about if it. If anybody's in, in any Dodger <laughs> fan that ever listened to a Dodger broadcast in their life mm-hmm. knows that they're going to hear it talked about. Yeah. Because the master did it. He did it. Yes. And and if you're and I totally agree with him. If you're not telling people what's going on in the game and why you're why you're supposed to tune in and stay tuned in <laughs> and why you need to call friends and tell them to tune in, then you're not doing your job. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely not doing yeah. your job. So, I mean, it also every time I still just cringe. I was listening to that game on the drive home. I ended up at a, a Quakes game um and uh game ended that Quakes crushed him. So on my way home, I'm listening. Charlie's just no hitter, no hitter. Like, Charlie, stop it! It's so look. I, if you're in the stands, it's great. Yeah. If you're in the dugout, it's fine. We had a shot on TV of the, of his teammates talking to him during yeah, the game, which right is now. usually like you know that's forbidden. Hands but, off. Yep. But not in this case. It, it's it's look. They know what's going on. They know. Well, I mean, apparently the Cubbies didn't know what was going on. The whole the Cubs relievers, bullpen. the relievers, well, <laughs> the Craig Kimbrell. I don't mean this disrespectfully, but I'm not surprised. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know I know him a little bit, and I know that he doesn't pay attention to the game until like the eighth inning. <laughs> so he, he had no idea what was going on. He just yeah. is very focused on his job and his yeah. job alone. So uh, that didn't surprise me at all. <laughs> I'll, I'll note here, I'll sidebar here, that a few of the comments here were uh, were pretty pissed at me for offering you, offering your services and your your uh, your good luck charm to the Angels. And, no, and, don't worry about it, folks. Don't uh, worry. One of, our, one of our friends of the show here, Moshe, who incidentally is the guy who uh, Manny Machado owes a $300 million contract That's to. the guy? That's, That's the him. guy. He yep. says, what are you doing? He is ours. <laughs> <laughs> so Moshe so, and his $300 million contract wants you here. Yeah, Moshe. That's, that's great, and apparently he's going to pay you. Well, he can afford it once Manny gives him his contract. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be Moshe's best friend. At that point. Wow, that's un, that's unbelievable that you got that guy following. You. Yeah, it all it all comes together here. Uh, this guy likes to say, "Mister, Mister Worldwide." So um, <laughs> we do what we can. So one of the narratives we've had here on the show recently, and I, I want to get your opinion because it all started heading into summer camp even before that with uh, the 2020 season but we're seeing we're seeing the 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 relationship between baseball and the players rapidly deteriorate um just first off like what a, you're somebody who's been around the game a long long time what are some of your thoughts on 
kind of the state of baseball and and even the the future with the CBA expiring uh, well, at the my, end of the season? My personal thoughts on it, and these are just my personal thoughts on it, are that we just lost a lot of a season. The players got paid for 37% of a, th- uh, of a season last year. The owners lost millions. Mm-hmm. Right. Tens of millions, even hundreds of millions. They lost billions combined. If they want to go to have a work stoppage and not make any money, who are we to stop them? Right. But but I just don't think that's going to be the case. This is a this sport economically is a golden goose. Yeah, yeah. people love this sport. I mean, the people love the Dodgers. They love the, whatever team. Even the Angels fans, they love the Angels. I mean, the Yankees fans love the Yankees. They want to see them play. They want to see their favorite players play. It is my sincere hope that the Players Union and Major League Baseball can see eye to eye and figure it out. Now, there's a lot of things that are going to be thrown into this new CBA from the player's standpoint, like, you know, uh, little things. Like, they're not going to want reporters in the clubhouse before games anymore. Now, yep. that, they, now that they've been spoiled rotten yep. <laughs> with it over the last year and a half, they're going to want some things to stay the same. There's going to be uh, a number of things. I think that are that they're going to ask for that were never even considered in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if, uh, there's going to be some major issues. Sometimes I think to myself uh, that uh, maybe maybe they need somebody new to negotiate from one side or another because the personalities from everything I read, and I don't know, I'm not in the room. I've met some of these people individually, mm-hmm. you know, like like. Rob Manford and Tony Clark. I've met, yeah. you know, met these guys along the way in the past. They just don't get along, apparently. Or, or their representatives don't. Now, keep in mind, during the pandemic, Clark and Manford met in Arizona. Manford mm-hmm. went to Arizona, and right. they met privately, one-on-one, which is great. But I hope that they can sit in a room and say, we're not leaving this room until we have a deal. For the benefit of this game, for the benefit of all the employees, mm-hmm. not just the players. Exactly. There are many, many more employees in Major League Baseball than just players. It's only like 750 players, right? All right. There, there's thousands and thousands of people who make a living in baseball who will be in jeopardy, right? Us. <laughs> Us. We do that. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, th- these are the things that... that people need to understand that it's just not about the players and the owners it's about the industry as a whole and i hope they can figure it out for the greater good of all yeah and 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 you also really really hope that they could uh figure out a way to pay minor leaguers a living wage you know mix in some things like that it's not about the big league level only but we don't need to delve uh, too much into that for that's, sure. I got to say, Tim, it's the most positive viewpoint I've heard on it so far because, uh, I mean, we've talked to a lot of yeah. people about it. We just talked to Buster Only from ESPN about it. And right. They, I know Buster. It was like, it was like a, yeah. you know, doom and gloom, like, hey, prepare. And it's like, ah, oh, man, yeah. I really love this sport. I don't yeah, want to see my I, sport. I know I, I know what his thoughts are. I actually read his, his thing. I, I saw him briefly yesterday mm-hmm. and, and read his, uh, his, his contribution on that, and uh, I know he's – He's talking to a lot of the people involved, so they're painting gloom and doom. But also keep in mind, we're talking about negotiations. Yeah. So people want to set things up in right. advance to make right. it seem like it's the worst thing ever. Yeah. So if they get half of what they want, hey, this is great. Yeah. You know, who knows what the posturing is? And I, I think the posturing began a long time ago. Remember, there's a lot of lawyers involved here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> believe me, when you read stuff... Um. You know, a good when Buster writes it, a good portion of that's going to be accurate and very, very good to follow. 
Uh, but there's some things that we just don't know about mm-hmm. and won't know about because yeah. they don't want you to know about it. Yeah, a lot more going on behind the scenes than yeah. we know. And I think that was uh, that's actually something Trevor Bauer just talked about on the broadcast yesterday yeah. where he's like, well, I mean, a lot of the talking's done through media nowadays. Like, it's just easier to for, you know, one side, for whatever reason, to funnel it through a media member and be like, this yeah. is what's happening. If, if they, they know the media, like if one side wants to negotiate and they say, all right, we're going to leak it to person x right because we know (laughs) we know that if we give it to person x it's going to be like gasoline on a fire Mm. and in our favor right yeah so that that might be bob nightingale if it's gas on a fire (laughs) friend of the show we love bob bob's great bob's 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 one of the best yeah Yeah. Yeah. he's uh he's he's a fun one um i wanted to sidebar here we got uh, mel over checking in on on youtube saying uh, i love listening to tim and rick on radio and oral and joe on tv great show tonight with tim uh so you got a Got Tim Neverick fan in the stream hanging out there. Says another great just show. Take, just takes one. Thank you. Well, <laughs> yeah. there's plenty. We also got some people uh, that are chiming in about Brooks' uh, new mustache, but we'll save that for another day. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> Jock Peterson plan? Is that what you? Yeah, yeah. I get the real thin, kind of invisible yeah. type of mustache yeah, going he, on. He yeah, uses but he uses the. It's uh, more Joe Kellyish, actually. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. I grew oh, it yeah. last year during Joseph the uh, during Joseph. the uh, frisky these days pandemic, yeah. and uh, we won a World Series, so a lot of people credit yeah. me for that. Yeah. You know, I do my part little by little. We made him a nice little plaque about. Yeah, my wife sacrificed everything for that. <laughs> everything. <laughs> All right, you said the name uh, Joseph Kelly. You've you've been around that guy now for a little while. We've heard we've heard we've we've heard some some stories for sure. What's uh, what's your favorite uh, story that you can tell about Joe Kelly on air? <laughs> in the neighborhood I lived in in Boston, I used to walk the dog uh, different times of the day and night, and we'd always have to walk by a certain stop sign. And on the stop sign was a sticker. Somebody slapped up there. It said, Joe Kelly Fight Club. <laughs> uh, Joe is a free spirit. I love Joe. He's fun to be around. He's fun to talk to. I'm so glad he's pitching well right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad he feels better, uh, that the shoulder's not bothering him anymore, and he threw 100 and 101 uh, recently. That's the Joe Kelly that he's back. we, we want to see. He looks like he's back. But one thing that really makes me laugh is one spring training in Boston, he uh, – did this feature that he got this makeup crew to come in and they he pretended to be some like really old and weird local reporter named jim buchanan (laughs) and he said where you where you from he said jwk tv punta gorda florida (laughs) punta gorda is a town just right up the the coast a little bit like 30 minutes from fort myers and JWK happens to be Joe's initials. Right. Yep. So he actually, he went around and did things that you're not supposed to do. They gave him a media credential. Only a few people were in on it. He's standing face-to-face with teammates, David Ortiz, Brock Holt, uh, teammates who didn't know who he was. <laughs> That's how good the makeup job was, right? Yeah. They had no idea who he was, and he's running on the field, and security's chasing him around. You can't be out here. He goes in the... In the uh, uh, workout room where Hall of Famer Jim Rice is there, and and, and uh, Jim was irritated because yep. he's, I mean Jim yeah. was ready to slug him, and you don't want to get Jim Rice upset because he will slug you. Yeah, but uh, he's not a small man. No, he is not, <laughs> and he is a great. He's a great guy, great human being, and and a Hall of Famer in every sense of the word. But uh, he Joe Kelly as Jim Buchanan upset him. <laughs> that day. But Joe Joe's funny, and uh, I, I'll never forget the first year with the Dodgers in 2019 when um, his son Knox came in the clubhouse in, at Camelback Ranch, and, and uh, Dave Roberts said, who's your favorite player? 
And he goes, Mookie Betts, yes. the guy who just beat him in the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> and the players went, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's good timing on Knox. Knox, Knox yeah. got the comedic timing he, down. He later figured it out, though. Rally Knox uh, definitely contributed to that uh, yeah, 2020 championship, too. Absolutely. He did. Uh, Joe's a good guy. I like Joe. Yeah. He, he gets a, definitely gets a, a lot more crap than he deserves. Uh, but that's just that's how it goes have for you relievers. See, have you been to see his uh, mural? Yes. I have not. I he have. did an interview with the fellow who with, painted uh, Jonas Never. Jonas Never? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, dude's a phenomenal artist. That's where I lived. Uh, I lived right down the street in 2019 in Silver Lake and, uh, during the season, and it was right near the building I lived in. Mm-hmm. And so I knew right where it was at Sunset and Park Ave. <laughs> yep. So I went over there one day, took a picture of it, and texted it to Joe. I said, hey, look what I just found. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. That, that, that was one of those things where I went up like on a Tuesday afternoon, and mm-hmm. they were like, 60 Dodger fans out there. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. It's okay. a great photo oppor- opportunity yeah, absolutely, yeah. for Dodger fans. It's got to be great for business, too, over there. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, you line it up all outside, why not? Anthony Keene says, uh, Joe Kelly holding down the 909 and breaking windows. Don't forget that one. He's a uh, local boy. He's the pride <laughs> of Rancho. Right On uh, YouTube, got Dodger Chavez, uh, Chavez Ravine saying, uh, great show. Thank you. Lynn Brown says, I am the funniest. Thank you, Lynn Brown. But also smartly says, I love Rick Monday and Tim Neverett. That's who I listen to. So big fan there. Katie says, I'm only here to declare my love for Tim. And she actually, earlier in the stream, asked, I want a signed copy of the book, so we'll, we'll facilitate, we'll make something happen with that. Katie uh, Katie is actually a big-time friend of the show. She sent us this nice uh, whiskey barrel oh, here. Oh, very so, nice. Um, Woodburned and everything. Yeah, Woodburned. great. That looks nice. She set it on fire, and it just happened to, to look like it our logo. Like so that, that's, right? <laughs> that's real well, nice. Well, Katie, we'll... Uh, We'll work with these guys. We'll try to come up with an event where we can uh, do an in-person event and get some of those books signed. There you go. Because that's been the number one request so far in my comments mm-hmm. and your comments yeah. is, the, hey, I would really like to talk yeah. to talk to them and get a signature in there or something like yeah, that. But ju- so you know, ju- happen. jump on the pre-sale so we don't mm-hmm. run out of them. And, yeah, please uh, do. Yeah, we, we could work out the, the yeah. autograph side of things afterwards, you know. Yeah, easiest thing, search it on Amazon, COVID Curveball, and give you an explanation of the book. And, mm-hmm. uh, again, you're going to want to read what Oral had to write in there and you'll a lot of the comments. And it, it's, it's uh, you know, some fun stuff, some – Strange stuff, but it, it takes you through the COVID season. And, um, you know, uh, like for me, it was where I stayed, the ballpark, the grocery store, the pharmacy. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. That was it. And yeah. we couldn't really go anywhere. And Same with us. We, were, do we weren't in here for most of it. You know, we had to be doing it awkwardly, you know, through through TVs, and yeah. we don't have the budget you guys do up there in the booth. <laughs> I had the uh, I had the Charlie internet budget, you know, where every once in a while I'd, I'd jump out of the stream, and then I'd come back like, hey, sorry, my internet dropped. Hi, guys, again, five minutes left no, in the stream. Charlie had, Charlie had the best internet, though. Yeah, I He had, like, the Rolls Royce of internet, I think. Uh, Kevin asks, what's better, audiobook or hardcover? I would always go hardcover, because if you're a Dodger fan, like, adding, having a nice collection of, of books, is just it's great and then it's number over on youtube says i just bought a copy right now so oh, there thank you go you very there much you go. I there's appreciate the pre-sale it. yeah if, if, if we should we should do like a giveaway or something yeah. like in the minute no i'm bad at that not in the minute you got, a, you the got a ding sound Stickers. effect for every time somebody buys there, there you go, go. There there's go. a buy there's oh, there. and, and money <laughs> we got just about every sound effect you can hope for in here and That's if you good. don't buy the book <laughs> we got a real uh, sh- shock jock atmosphere in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's usually a lot worse with that, but you know we're, we're professionals today. Yeah, we got a true pros pro. Uh, we got one uh, from from one of our guys internally, uh, Eddie, and it, and it goes off of uh, you know we're talking about some Joe Kelly stories. We're talking about some Boston times. Um, what what have been kind of some differences 
how how much different is the LA fan base over the the Boston fan base? They're not as grumpy. <laughs> uh, I've been asked about that. Why are fans in the Northeast so rude? I think they're they're just totally grumpy, and I think the weather has a lot to do with it. I can yeah. see that. Um, I, I mean, having lived there, grown up there, worked there, been through it all, I can I feel qualified to say that. Uh, are fans upset, and do they get grumpy when the Dodgers lose, or when uh, you know the manager makes a move that doesn't work out, and they're not all going to work out? Most of them do, but a lot of them don't. Um, you know, I think the Dodger fan, okay, all the, the fan bases are very fervent. They're very, very religious about their teams. Right. The Dodger fan base, I, I thought the Red Sox fan base was big. The Dodger fan base is huge. Yeah. It's much bigger and it's much more international. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, during games, I'll get, I'll get, uh, uh, tweeted at from people in Japan and Australia, yes. Great Britain, uh, Italy, all over the world. And uh, I do welcome tweets during the game, by the way. Uh, I'm not opposed to that. Um, and every once in a while on radio, you'll hear me say, you know, where are you from tonight? Right. You know, and things like that. So we want to know if people are in, in you know, Burbank or Bangladesh. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we find out. But, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where it, it's hard to say one is better than the other. The Dodgers are bigger, mm. without question. Uh, I know the the Red Sox fans wouldn't put up with the traffic, <laughs> getting into the in and out of the ballpark. Oh, and the yeah, Dodger yeah. fans are like, man, that's great. We get to listen to the great pregame and postgame on the yeah. radio, and we're, you know, it's it's a it's a different vibe. It's a different thing altogether. But I got to tell you, the, the Dodger fans that I have met uh, have been wonderful, have been absolutely wonderful, and I think that uh, they've got. Not only the biggest, but I think in, all in all, I think they have the best fan base in, in not just Major League Baseball, maybe in all sports. And I'm talking globally. I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, would, I would say maybe I'm biased, but I've been a Dodger fan my whole life. So, yeah. you know, it kind of works I mean, out I, that way. Yeah, I mean, I want to exclude maybe one of the, you know one or two of the Premier League soccer Premier teams around yeah. the world. Cause yeah. I, yeah, I, I, remember, I remember once I, when I was in Thailand in, in, in uh, the city of Bangkok, and I remember getting out of the airport and looking at the built, tall buildings downtown and seeing uh, Wayne Rooney from, yeah. the, from the penthouse down to the basement. Right. I'm like, wow, that's pretty far away from Great Britain. And they get yeah. this guy on the side of a building. That's amazing. <laughs> Very Big passionate Manchester United fans. But, yeah. but, I mean, you know, Dodgers, no matter where you go, and uh, that's international. I've traveled a lot internationally, mm-hmm. and the two hats that I see people wearing internationally are the Yankees, but the Dodgers. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I, mean, I see them all over the world. That's one of the things you could attribute to, just to how great the organization has been run for decades and decades and decades and decades. Yeah. I mean, Fernando Mania, you know, one of your colleagues there up in the Vin Scully press booth is is I mean, he he changed baseball yeah. there for the 1981 season and beyond and then you you flash forward a decade nomo mania happened and then you're just touching all of these different um you know different fan bases in a way i mean dodgers the team that signed and 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 made uh, um adrian beltre made his debut with them that's a guy you know there i don't think there's anybody who's more beloved in baseball and in the dominican than than somebody like beltre and and uh Dodgers just did it right, and and that's uh, where we get to now keep living the fruits of uh, of just years of what well, the O'Malley's did. And yeah, but here's here's even the McCourts a little bit, even the McCourts. Well, here's something that that you got to remember <laughs> that, that most teams, if not every other team, doesn't have that the Dodgers do. They're good, 
and they have good prospects. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, granted, Are you telling me it's important to be a good team. They do, they draft and develop. I mean, look at the homegrown guys on the team right now. Yeah. Yeah. Now, granted, one of them's not pitching tonight. Wait, I but I, I hear they buy championships. <laughs> Kershaw's homegrown. I, Bueller's homegrown. Uh, go down up and down the list. You, you've got you know Bellinger's homegrown. Seager's homegrown. Gavin's homegrown. Right. Gavin Lux homegrown. I mean, they, they Kenley Jansen. Kenley Jansen. <laughs> Will home. Smith. Yes, exactly. Just it, the list goes on and on. It, it, I mean, it does. You could almost like at this point he's not, but you can argue like. Shit, Justin Turner's almost homegrown. He grew up a borderline homegrown. <laughs> Cal State Fullerton. He, yeah. he feels yeah. it feels enough like that. A yeah. couple more pre-orders happen here in the stream. Look at that. Oh, appreciate it. Appreciate very you much. guys, Thank Katie, you. including Katie. So we now have the book ready that uh, we can get you to sign at some point in time. Step one. Thank you, Katie. <laughs> uh, Anthony over there as well. Pre-order. Yeah, Thanks, Anthony. That. Thank you, Anthony. I think yeah, you guys are going to love it. Appreciate. I'm very excited about it. Appreciate. All right, well, we don't want to rip off all of your time, and we also do have a game coming up. So let's let's shift gears ever so slightly into what's going on now. We got two teams that are fighting for first place. A pretty un- unexpected Giants team in first place. First team to, to fifty wins. Um, Dodgers sitting three and a half games back. Two teams, very good teams, but I don't think that many people expected this out of San Francisco this year. No, they didn't. I think a lot of the reason is what they got out of Kevin Gosman. Yeah. yeah. I saw Kevin pitch in Baltimore. This isn't the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> you even know, good, good for him, right? Good for him. Absolutely, good good yeah. for anybody who does well. Uh, you know, Johnny Cueto had a great start, right? Mm-hmm. Alex Wood. Great. Right? Phenomenal. Good stuff. Yeah. Now, they're getting good pitching. Uh, Yastrzemski is another guy the Orioles gave up on, and what were they thinking? My gosh. <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, they literally cast him aside. Yeah. The the Orioles fan base, mind you, does not travel well. No, they do not. <laughs> they, don't, they don't travel to home games well. No, home games, yeah. <laughs> I've, been to, I've been to many, many nights at uh, Camden Yards, yep. and uh, I've seen fan, you know visiting team takeovers a lot there. Yep. Uh, but anyway... Um, I, here's the thing. Okay, Dodgers are in second place, three and a half out. Padres right behind them in the rearview mirror. This is the best division in baseball. Mm-hmm. This is great. When these teams can compete this way and every game is meaningful, I mean, we're talking about a game in late June yeah. that has a ton of meaning. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right? You know, before you're like, eh, you know, they're going to win the division anyway, so what? Right now, it's, no, this means something. Tomorrow night's game, that means something. You got Wednesday off, Thursday, they they, they got to play on the road. They get that really early, early game against Washington on the 4th of July. Yeah. 8 a.m., by yeah. the way, you'll be watching Nomar and me on uh, Sportsnet LA. <laughs> we drew the short straw. <laughs> so we'll be drinking right you along with be, you guys. That'll be, yeah, I'm sure you will. <laughs> Good start to the day. <laughs> I got to be at the ballpark about 5 a.m. Oh, so, oh um, 4th of July. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got, no, it. I got but, it. But anyway, well, <laughs> it, it's but they, they got to go out east and play Washington, who's getting great play out of Kyle Schwarber. He homered again today. Uh, you know, and then on to Miami to play the Marlins. And, you know, you can't take anything for granted no. in the big leagues. No. But I love the fact that the Dodgers, the Giants, and the Padres are all having seasons worthy of winning a division. Uh, who's going to be there at the end? We think we know. Right. We think we think it, they'll be wearing blue, and I'm fairly certain of that. But the Giants, for what they've done, tip your cap and now yeah. go out and beat them twice at home. One of the arguments that we've heard, I think we have even been a part of that since the beginning of the year, is that just the way that the Giants are built and the performances from you know specific players, I guess, that they're getting uh, is that, hey, it's not going to last all year. Eventually it'll fall apart. But now we're at a point where it's like, I mean, 
late June, it's not looking like nearly it's going to fall apart at all. Do you no. think this is something that carries them throughout the rest of the season? No. Um, just like, you know, they're not bummed about being no hit the other day. Right. It's funny because baseball players are wired differently than most human beings. And it starts in the minor leagues. As soon as they get their claws on you in the minor leagues, <laughs> you learn to think compartmentally. Mm-hmm. You learn to think about today and right now. Not about tomorrow, not about yesterday, not about your last at bat, not about the error you just made the half inning before. It's happened. None of it matters. Right. If you win a game, okay, great, we won. It's over. Forget it. i got to worry about the next one. Uh, the biggest game that you play is the one today. Mm-hmm. Not the one that you won coming back from six runs down. Not the one that you had a walk-off home run in. Those were nice moments. Those were great, and you did what it took to win. It's today that matters in baseball. And baseball players, uh, coaches, people who are around the game every day, you really learn to think compartmentally right. differently than most individuals. And, and and sometimes it's hard for people to kind of understand yeah. how guys can, you know, go boot a ball in the third inning and in the top of the fourth they come up and no big deal. You can't bring your bat with you in the yeah. field and you yep. can't take your glove to the plate. And you learn that early, even though it's really hard to do. You remember in Little League when you did that? You made an error, you get up to the plate, and you're like, i got to hit a five-run home run yeah. right now. Yeah. You, I mean, I still do that do in softball, but you know, that's just me. I'm uh, I'm not trained that well. I didn't make it to the minor leagues, so <laughs> one day, one, one of these days, I'm really holding There's out. There's still hope, maybe. We'll <laughs> but we got a hell of a, a series here. Um, good matchups, not getting cheated in the matchups with uh, Bauer going up against old teammate Desclafani tonight, and then you got Gosman Bueller tomorrow, uh, and you'll be at that game, so that'll be nice. Um, oh wait, yeah, you're gonna, you said you're doing the pregame there. Yeah, I'll do the pregame at the stadium. We do the postgame in El Segundo. Yeah. So uh, drive. I'll see some of the game, and then I gotta down, yeah. the, down the freeway. I hear there's a the, there's a good radio station that covers the game, though. You should check them Listen out. Listen to every pitch, every pitch. <laughs> Beautiful. AM five seventy. So I want your predictions first, and then I have one walk off question for him. What do you think's gonna happen in this series? Uh, Tim, this is a lot of pressure because I've got no. I only got the last series yeah. right. I was so gonna say I got a streak on a line. It's a one one streak. I think the Dodgers take both of these games. I do. I really feel that. That's what I was going for. That's what I voted for in uh, in our our little forthcoming app that will be uh, out maybe uh, at some point in time. Uh, Tim, one of my favorite questions I saw before we uh, we wrap up because it is game time and we don't want to cut into Trevor Bauer's time. <laughs> He's going to get mad at us. But our our uh, post game show host Doug McCain he asked better rivalry: Dodgers Giants, Red Sox yeah Red Sox Yankees. You've had the the privilege of calling both. Yep. What I've, are you thinking? I've been asked that many, many times, and I'll go back to what I said before. There's there's more grumpiness out <laughs> east, and there's more yeah. there's more hatred right. toward each other in the stands than there is on the field. Giants-Dodgers stems from New York, stems right. from Brooklyn, and, and, and across from the Bronx where the polo grounds used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and because uh, I don't know if you realize how close Yankee Stadium and where the Giants played, how close they were yeah. back in the day. Uh, but anyway, it stems from that era. It's carried over here since 1958. And I'm so glad these games mean more now. And I'm glad that the Giants don't stink anymore, yeah. at least for now. Uh, you, you'd love to pummel them every year, but that's not what a rivalry is about. No. The rivalries are not one-sided. You're going to lose some, but you're going to win some too. And you hope you win the ones that count the most. And that's what the Dodgers are trying to do. I, I think that... Uh, you know, Dodgers-Giants has just so much history to it. 
you know, from the days in Brooklyn and New York, uh, yeah. you know, to out here in L.A. and San Francisco, and the fact that they were partners in Western expansion, too. Yeah. They were partners in that, remember. But at the same time, I, I like this rivalry because I, I think the fans are, are wonderful. I think the stadiums are wonderful. The cities are great. And even though people get upset when things don't go their way, they're not nearly as grumpy as they are back east. <laughs> Some good Yankees-Red Sox fights, though, man. <laughs> yeah, but- it is, but it, I mean, we have our fights, but they're a little bit more, uh, a little more tame, I guess. They're just more of a benches clearing incident. That's it. Yeah, yeah. those are fun, notable. <laughs> well, we hope to not see one this week. I think it'll be pretty tame, and it's fun when um, it's fun when two teams like this. And I mean, hell, they've been yeah. lumping well, the Padres. There's a, there's a lot of respect. Good. Yeah, I think, right. I think there's a good respect factor from the players, the coaches, and, and the fans too. I, I do think, though, I, I think there's more respect. There's more maturity in the relationship and i think that's and that's something to consider about this rivalry for sure well let's get a couple steps closer to first place uh tim thank you so much for coming out obviously there's a lot more feels like we barely tipped the iceberg here so we'll figure out some more stuff uh you everybody make sure you go out and pre-order covid curveball it's a book written by that man right there he's here live in the studio it's our first person live in studio uh in what feels like a thousand years so uh, we appreciate you once again for coming out thank you uh looking forward to doing more with you and looking forward to getting uh getting our paws on that book uh guys find us on the internet we're at dodgersnation.com subscribe to our podcast we are blue heaven and we are on itunes spotify iHeartRadio, google play stitcher radio everywhere your, po- your podcasts are available for free we live there please do subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Dodgers Nation TV. We'll be glad you did. And Doug will be glad you did. Guys, I am at BrookMe3. This guy over here is at RealFRG. We're on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Dodgers Nation on Twitter, at Official Dodgers Nation on Instagram. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for your questions. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for keeping up with us. Go Dodgers. Uh, you guys are probably already watching the game. Uh, we'll see you Thursday. Bye. stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home home. 